the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together today. We have a wonderful and important program. I need you to listen to every aspect of it. There will be four segments as usual. The first one is the What You Need to Know, which you're in right now, the Wink the daily wink, what you need to know, you can go over to proamericareport.com, sign up for the daily email that encapsulates the daily wink. What is the daily wink? It's what you need to know today. Something perhaps that they're not telling you in the, um, in the power, in the, uh, with the powers that be in the narrative machine, but it's something you want to remember and, and uh, think about and tell your friends about. And it's important. The second and third segments will be interviews. We'll talk in a few moments with Ted Malik, the great Ted Malik. Dr. Ted Malik is a very successful businessman. He's a successful author. He's a professor. He's just been a great, successful American. And he has a piece over at American Greatness that alludes to the fact that COVID and the great lockdown and the great mess up and the great reset and the great replacement and everything that's happened, none of it's been great. It's been great, meaning huge and massive and and intrusive. All that has one, at least one root cause that needs to be investigated and identified specifically or perhaps um, we can find out to minimize our, our feelings about it. And that is China, the Communist Chinese Party. Our second interview will be with Neil, Neil Monroe, excuse me, who is an editor, senior editor, as well as a writer over at Breitbart.com. He's got a piece up about the border. If you can believe it, even the United Nations... Even the United Nations is condemning Joe Biden's policies at the border. Um, You know, if you're Joe Biden and you're a Democrat and you've lost the U.N., I don't know how you can keep going, but we'll find out. All right. But first, what you need to know, the daily wink. Just let me walk you through this. I mean, there's lots of things we could talk about, right? They want us to talk about the shooting in Chicago, a mentally ill, deranged, lunatic, terrible looking person uh, killed some people. I don't know why we can't uh, get control over bad people in our community. This person was known to the FBI again. I don't know. I mean, they want us to talk about that. They want us to talk about, and I will talk about it this week. They want us to talk about the incredible, the incredible injustice of inflation. We'll talk about that this week, but not today. I could spend my time talking about uh, the great um, uh, Independence Day celebrations and all I saw and wonderful things and all. But instead, what you need to know today is as I as I sat on Monday on the 4th of July and I watched fireworks go off, I was I was taken. I was taken by the beauty of it. I mean, I live in a small town and the town has a great uh, effort. They take a great effort, spend a bunch of money and they have a great celebration. It's really great. I love fireworks. I love the feeling of being there. I love the bugs. I hate the bugs, but I love the idea of the bugs. I love the idea of people and having their, their drinks and all. And, you know, too many cars parked on too many lawns. And I had to park our minivan on a sort of side uh, corner of the side of the road. It was crazy fun good, joyful fun. 
And as I was watching this, I was struck by how many people are using their smartphones to take videos. And I took a few myself. And, uh, you know, the adjustment initially when we all started was when you started to videotape some portion, it made that your light go on, your video light go on. You had to mute that because it was really annoying. But I did also notice around me lots of young people with smartphones, including uh, at least one or two of my children. And they're not allowed to have TikTok, my kids. And, but everybody else does. And it uses it incessantly. TikTok is amazingly popular. And what you need to know is what kind of serious nation America says we are allows the Chinese communist regime to install onto the phones of tens of millions of children, young people, let's say young people, parents have to allow the children to install it, I suppose, when they're underage. But some we're talking about 10, 20, 30, 40 million people have TikTok. Let's just say more. I mean, I don't know how many users it is, but many, many millions are young people. And so the people who control TikTok, the communist regime in China, have the ability, as I've said over and over again, to shape who we are and what we believe and what people see and therefore what they know and what they believe. And over the weekend, what you need to know was a lengthy piece. It was a, I didn't think it was a very well done piece in the Wall Street Journal, but a lengthy piece, which remained on the most popular viewed stories on Wall Street Journal. When you go to the Wall Street Journal app, you can look at what's the most popular. This one remained in the top three all weekend since it whenever it posted. And the story was about how the big tech companies have you, how pornography is presented to people, especially young people, through the technology. And what the story was lacking, in my opinion, other than it was a description of the problem, which is it's an epidemic of people viewing pornography. But that what was missing was a, a deeper analysis of how the people who are producing the content are doing it with neuroscience, not guessing. And so while the reporter for the Wall Street Journal did highlight the reality, the fact that um, there is a relationship in the neuroscience to dopamine and pleasure and all this kind of stuff. And so pornography, when they when they did reviews of brain scans of people who were looking at pornography, they did see the dopamine spikes and all that. What they didn't talk about was how the people who are uh, uh, selling this stuff and producing this stuff and making it available to other people are doing it with neuroscience, not guessing. They're not guessing what might be a good um, jingle, like it's 1954 and you're trying to figure out how to do a jingle that will appear in an an advertisement on the radio or TV. No, they're using neuroscience to figure out how to change and warp, in my opinion, warp people's brains, which brings me back to the Chinese. The Chinese communists have shown a willingness, in fact, a penchant for the long play. They don't necessarily invade Peru. They just give Peru lots and lots of money to build roads and bridges and airfields. And then they kind of own part of it, right? And so we'll hear in a few minutes, if you read uh, Ted Malik's piece, he says, basically, um, among other things, China is the source of COVID, he's sure, whether accidental or, or, or intentional, he's a little less uh, specific or less convinced he knows the answer. But he says it clearly came from China, the Wuhan lab, the Wuhan wet lab, whatever it is. He doesn't, I don't think he comes to a conclusion because he says we don't know and we should get to the bottom of it. A serious democracy, not, not a serious, a serious nation, a serious 
organization, entity, serious people would get to the bottom of it. And we're not doing that. And he argues in his piece that we'll do it in the in U.S. Uh, House and Senate maybe in the fall uh, or in the, in the next year if, there, if there's a change of leadership. But back to my point, what you need to know is you take TikTok, you take other forces within the uh, Internet, big tech and big media, and you say to yourself, COVID, you say, what, how China handled COVID. The rest of the world was demanding, cr- forcing transparency, forcing, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, interdependence. China didn't. China didn't do any of that. They never do. And he- here's my point. More and more serious people are pointing out again and again the power of the Chinese communist regime contrasting ours and the impact of not paying attention to who our real enemy is. You can say, if you want to be sweet, you can call this a rivalry. But if you want to be real, what you need to know is China and the communist regime specifically is our enemy. And while we have lots of other distractions presented to us, and many of them real, I'm not saying any of these are not real. Shooting is real. Inflation is real. War in Ukraine, real. I'm not sure some of our decisions about the war in Ukraine have been smart, but the fact is there are lots of distractions and then there's China and we're not even taking the basics. We're not even doing the basic steps to recognize, to act like we know there's a threat there. I mean, remember Trump tried to ban TikTok, right? He tried to, and it was kind of pushed back. He, we, we've had, you know, uh, talk of big tech, uh, of censoring big tech or man- not censoring of of uh, stopping the censorship by big tech of conservatives, but finding ways to I don't know regulate it, understand it, and yet TikTok again, with tens of millions of users, many of them young, being shaped not by guessing, but by neuroscience, and on Fourth <laughs> of July, as I watched a kid take a TikTok of himself at the 4th of July with the fireworks or right before the fireworks started. I thought, think about this. Think about how, how dumb we are in this country that we're not willing to have the, the, the upfront discussion and leadership to stop this. It's breathtaking. It's breathtaking. And it's really dumb. It's really dumb. All right. That's what you need to know. We're going to come back and we'll talk with Ted Malik about his new piece. And also later on, we'll talk with Neil Monroe of Breitbart.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back, everybody. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. I was previewing, previewing earlier in the program my conversation uh, with Neil Monroe. Of course, he's an editor over at Breitbart.com, also a writer there. And he's got a piece that posted, I think, a day before Independence Day, um, which I, caught my eye because the United Nations, the United Nations, not exactly known as our most uh, conservative organization in the world, has said that uh, Joe Biden's border, the border on the southern part of the United States of America between us and the Mexican cartels, is the deadliest land crossing in the world. So I said we got to talk to Neil uh, Monroe about his piece. Neil, welcome back. How are you? Delighted to be here. Well, thanks very much. And um, Neil, uh, as the you know the headline captures it, and the first sentence captures it. But wh- how can this be? I mean, being serious, the United Nations doesn't usually try to embarrass its benefactors. And and is this is it so bad that they had to do it? Is it a is it being walked back? What's going on here? 
Well, maybe you're just not cynical enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, the UN is working with the Biden administration to help get migrants into these danger zones and through them and up to the border. I the see. For, for migration really does help people as they travel up through the dangerous route from down south. So basically what they're asking for is more buses. They want the traffic that they are already engineering to be legalized. And in a way, it's understandable enough. The nice people at the Institute for Migration help migrants reach America because they're progressives and they're left-wingers. Right. And too many of their customers are dying. They're being murdered. They're falling into rivers. They're getting squashed in trucks. Just they don't like it when their customers die. So mm. they're calling on Biden to legalize the illegal traffic they're involved in. Because what we're talking about here are not the coyotes nor the cartels, but basically far left progressives and aid workers who actually feed, shelter and fund migrants going north. I mean, they're just like the coyotes. Right, right. But they don't want their people dying. So they put out this report saying 1,238 lives and 21, including 728 at the U.S. border. Those numbers are way understated, Hmm. and they know they're understated. There's a side report there where they admit that many more people are dying further south on the trail. But these guys are progressives. They want more immigrants into America. That's uh, what gets them up the, in the morning. That's what gets them paid. Well, I was going to say, that's where the money is. As you said, that's where the money is. We're talking again with Neil Monroe, Breitbart, and at Neil Monroe, D.C., if you follow him on Twitter, and he's uh, linked to his, a couple of stuff. And so, so when I read this headline, I think to myself, aha, great. The U.N. finally says the border is the deadliest land crossing in the world. Let's stop it and let's build a wall. And your point is that's not at all what they're saying. They're actually trying to shame Biden into by saying, hey, make it safer. Don't let it be messy. Make it safer. So what's, you know, inside the piece, Neil, it's heartbreaking stuff. The uh, the reality of the people, the the 53 that died in the uh, in the truck, suffocated in the truck. You know, two of them were teenagers. They they paid the uh, smuggling fees close to twenty thousand dollars and they're gone. Right. They died from this uh, thing. What's the what's the Neil? You watch this a lot. You've been around for years, decades. What's the reality of the reporting? Is it breaking through? I, it feels like people don't realize what's happening and we're not able to y- y- spread the word. See, yeah, there's various reasons. Okay, so the progressives who support migration are very cynical about this. This is just a question of eggs and omelets for them. A lot of migrants are dying. And so they say, well, you know, the migrants should come here because America needs workers or whatever reason I can think of. And uh, therefore, you should legalize this and let them come on buses. Well, they're just basically using the dead migrants as an excuse to try and legalize the trade they're already involved in. On the other hand, Americans are of multiple minds on this. They don't like this mass illegality on the border that's endorsed by the federal government and the president. They don't want to be mean to migrants, too, but I'm sure they're quite aware that, frankly, if there were no barriers, 
there'll be an unlimited supply of migrants and any barrier is going to have some dead people. So, you know, basically there's moral ambivalence here on the side of Americans. But the responsibility for this is overwhelmingly on the pro-migration guys. They know there's a federal limit on migration in this country, about a million a year. But they want to bring in more people and they don't really care fundamentally if more people die. So it's not Americans' fault that these progressives are trying to bring in more people. It's the progressives. And when the progressives, the liberals, the left-wingers, what do you want to call them, they say they'll turn around to Americans and say, you mean rotten Americans, you're xenophobes, transphobes, whatever it is, you're, you're against more migration. They are, it is the left that is causing these deaths. It is the left that should be ashamed at their refusal to follow the law. It's the left that should be ashamed for setting up the circumstances for these killings. The killings have gone up. The deaths have gone up by roughly 50% since in, for in, compared to 1920 when Trump was in power. Mm-hmm. The deaths jumped by 50%. Okay, So we know Trump's policies keep the death rate down. And we know progressive policies bump up the death rate. Right. So there's no reason for Americans to feel ashamed at these deaths. They didn't cause them. Their laws seek to reduce them. It's the progressives' greed and ambition and ruthlessness that's it, causing people to die in the back of trucks. Is the is the is the uh, you know I hate to put always put this filter on it again. Uh, we're talking with Neil Monroe of Breitbart, uh, Breitbart.com, and over on Twitter he's at Neil Monroe DC. I'll put it all up on social media. I, I I mean you know I do this a lot, but I go back to it. You know, follow the money. And as you describe it, there are uh, these NGOs, that's this more European term, but for, for American nonprofits, we call it, that are around the edges of all these things and sometimes in the center of it. In fact, not around the edges, they're all over it. And they're making, they're, they're, they're receiving lots and lots of money to do this work. And, you know, the, the, the stereo, not stereo, the stereotypical example or an example the last few years is the, is the Catholic Church, the realization that they're receiving tens of millions of dollars, I think, I believe it is to, to do the kind of some of this work and all. When you see these organizations, um, are they getting American dollars? Are they getting money that's washed through the UN? So it looks like it's coming from international groups when, of course, we pay for most of the UN. What, what's the reality? Because when I think of what could change policies, a lot of what happens when you're the president is you have control over this. You're not going to be able to change much of it. And if you get control of the House or Senate, you can't change much because the president can veto big changes. On the other hand, money, you can control money sometimes. So who, exactly. who's, who's paying for this stuff happening is it us washed through the un or who it is you washed through <laughs> congress okay so these non-government organizations there's many of them right basically they're like a sort of outsourced government the liberals love them because they can basically say congress says we can do this but we can't do that now let's slip some money to these ngos to do all the things that we would like to do ourselves so in general the border chief, Alejandro Mayorkas, is trying to build new migration paths to the United States. He's trying to steal business from the cartels and the coyotes and get migrants to report in at the start of their journeys at the U.S. embassies in Brazil, in Nicaragua, 
in El Salvador, in Mexico. And if they and by having them report at the U.S. embassies, he then wants to put them on buses run by the NGOs hmm. or airplanes, right? And get them directly to the U.S. to bypass the cartels and the coyotes. Now, this is their selling pitch, okay? Right. It's of course ludicrous because let's say Majorca sets up this parallel outsourced track of a million extra migrants a year right. through the NGOs. By the way. Four million Americans turn 18 every year. We have legal immigration of one million. And we have temporary worker of another million. So basically, we're importing roughly like one and a half workers every year for every four Americans who turn 18. And they want to increase this. They Mm -hmm. want to dramatically increase this. Anyway, so let's say they set up this new bus and airline travel system for migrants direct from their embassies. That'd be great. All those migrants would get here safely. None would die in the back of trucks. But it'll make no difference because all the other migrants who couldn't get into this new NGO pipeline will still come north under the coyotes and the cartels pipeline. As long as Biden and company are letting them into the country and giving them work permits, they're going to come by whatever route they can. And many of them will die. So, you know, you don't have to... There's no reason to believe the NGOs for a moment. They're a mixture of sincerity and avarice and mixed motives. Their idealism and their intelligence allows them to lie themselves all the time. But the underlying problem is the administration, governments, Republican and Democrat, simply want to juice the economy with more foreign bodies. They bring in lots of poor people from poor countries to work, to work here, to boost our economy as consumers, as renters mm-hmm. and workers, because they want to grow the economy regardless of the impact on Americans' wages, Americans' housing, Americans' opportunities. I recently wrote about a pro-migration group which says we should do more migration because migrants' kids do better than Americans' kids. That's huh. a reason they gave wow. for doing the migration. Wow. Uh, um, uh, Neil um, uh, Monroe Breitbart, um, Neil, uh, the, the um, problem is clearly getting worse, right? We're on a sort of glide path that looks like we're heading into the mountain. And I mean, we're headed towards even more crisis or, or are we? I mean, is, is, is somehow are they going to make this system so seamless that they're going to stop uh, dying in the back of vans and being sex trafficked. I mean, I'm being completely facetious, but w- where are we headed? They, they have no intention of doing that whatsoever. Eggs and omelets. And to some extent, the system is increasingly successful. So in 20, sorry, since Biden's election right. up to now, we've roughly brought it in, say, a million and a half legal immigrants, plus a million and a half temporary workers, Okay. Plus two, maybe three, at least two million migrants across the southern border. Okay. Add that up. That's roughly five million new arrivals. And in the same period, roughly six million Americans have turned 18 looking for jobs. From their point of view, this is great. Mm -hmm. In general, look, they simply want to dissolve America, American culture. They want a society 
of endless competing interest groups where everyone is atomized and on their own and dependent on government and NGOs and the and uh, companies. Hmm. They don't want the Americans looking at each other and saying, you know, this is right, this is wrong. Let's vote for a different power in Washington, D.C. This is called divide and rule. Hmm. And they're increasing diversity wherever they can by maximizing the inflow of migrants, hmm. legal migrants, semi-legal migrants, temporarily legal migrants, and completely illegal migrants. It's all the same to them. Hmm. Uh, Neil Monroe over at Breitbart.com. You can hear listening to him. You should read him all the time and his piece. I'll put up the most recent one from a few days ago on this uh, topic. Also at Neil Monroe, DC. Uh, thanks, Neil. Uh, very helpful. And keep thanks for writing. Keep writing. And we'll have you back on again soon. Delighted to talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks, Neil Monroe, everybody. Breitbart.com. We will um, put all that up on social media. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is, of course, my friend Ted Malik. Dr. Ted Malik, a noted businessman, author, professor, um, um, world traveler, all kinds of things. But right now he's been a steady, he has fed us a steady stream of his writing over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Almost every week, sometimes twice a week, you'll see one of his pieces. The newest one that I'm looking at is Make China Pay for its pandemic. I thought this was a very nice um, uh, Independence Day uh, uh, piece to come out a few days before. Uh, and, and this is Ted Malik saying, hey, look, China, we now know the pandemic, what, what happened, what it did. And there is a source. It's China. So uh, welcome back, Ted. How are you? Thanks. I, and I do like that connection to Independence Day. I think that we need to declare our independence from China and decouple our economies. Do you think under Trump, it seemed like that was happening with some uh, regularity? It was in part because of his America first policies. It was in part because of the of the uh, his willingness to put tariffs on. Um, Has that really in the business community, not just in uh, Washington, the swamp, has that stopped? It has definitely stopped. I'd also thank by name Peter Navarro and and Bobby Lighthizer. Uh, who deserve much of the credit for that on the ground. Uh, Yes, no, the the Biden um, administration uh, is 100% opposed to everything that Trump was doing vis-a-vis China. Uh, Quite clearly, the Biden crime family has been in the payment of China. The Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania was paid $54 million four days before he started his presidency as as a gift from the Chinese. His son has been in the payment of the Chinese. And clearly, I, I would say this is grounds for impeachment uh, the, day, the day that uh, the Republicans take over Congress, which will be in January of next year. Um, yes, our China policy has been exposed and it, it is the wrong headed one. Uh, we're talking with Ted Malik, and again, his piece is over at American Greatness, making China pay for its pandemic. Uh, pausing still on this shift of, from Trump to Biden. Uh, what is it about 
what, what is it about the business community, world business community, where they, they are um, willing, you know, they care less about America as a nation? I know why Europeans don't, don't care about America as a nation. Uh, but businessmen and women that head up these big companies that are, a lot of times are American citizens, is just, is the market too tempting? Is the Chinese market too tempting? There's too many dollars there? Is it, uh, is it that they've already gone in uh, so deep that getting out is, is going to be too difficult? What is it that makes them, as soon as they can, lurch back to China? Well, I think you've hit on you know, at, le- at least two uh, of the uh, of the hot buttons. Um, I mean, it's difficult for me to say this as a as an outright Adam Smith kind of capitalist, but uh, our transnational corporations, which means large businesses today, are largely anti-American. They don't believe in borders. They don't believe in the uh, independence uh, of the United States. They are not committed to our patriotic nation. They're more interested in their profits and their global ties. And in fact, in this piece, I really lay part of the blame here uh, for the world's cost in in the pandemic, which is now, uh, at least by some economists, estimated to be about $16 trillion, and of course, over 6 million deaths, Mm. uh, deaths worldwide. I lay that at the feet of those uh, corporate leaders who wanted this form of globalization. They are complicit with the Chinese totalitarians. Uh, Our our ideological naivete, I say, Mm -hmm. combines the mega capitalist enterprise with the post-nation pursuit of multiculturalism, moral relativism, and they are in part to blame for where we are. We're talking with Ted Malik and Ted, um, your, your, um, uh, I don't know, progression or your uh, ending up at this point in your uh, long career and, and seeing, you know, what, you know, you, again, on my shelf across the way is your book on Davos. I mean, you know, um, the, uh, really a memoir, it's um, uh, Davos, Aspen uh, and Yale and the Ted Malik. I mean, you, you, but you've grown, you've grown to this point where you see this playing field like this. Uh, last week I had on Naomi Wolf, who is a feminist, a wild yes. left wing feminist. Mm-hmm. And she's come all the way to say the the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, is is really is not just behind all of this, but is the threat. And so you have sort of funny bedfellows, you know, uh, pure businessman, uh, very successful, and and as you mentioned, uh, a teacher on this, and then lefties, far left, hard left, smart people, and she's agreeing with you, and yet. For example, last night watching uh, um, um, uh, uh, fireworks, I'm watching dozens of kids within 25, 30, 40 yards of me on TikTok, which is a Chinese owned, Chinese operated, you know, control mechanism. And we won't ban it in America. So how can you and Naomi see the Chinese communist threat so clearly? And yet we're not seeing a change. Well, I think the Chinese uh, have had a very long term policy of both paying off and uh, uh, getting uh, U.S. politicians, whether it's Fang Fang or, or Senator McConnell, on their side, and they've succeeded at doing that. So it's the rare person like Donald Trump who has seen through their ploy and their hoopers. Um, we, we need to have a thoroughgoing inquiry, I say, that has teeth, answers hard questions, and makes China pay for the consequences of its doings. I mean, I raise the question now. I know this is difficult to hear, whether it was a Wuhan uh, laboratory that uh, started this pandemic as an accident or actually as an intentional act of biological warfare. 
I think we need an answer to that question. And I say we need, because Beijing regularly externalizes the cost of its, of its economic growth and authoritarian control. So we're not going to rely on international decisions, international courts to judge China. We need to hold them responsible. Now, they hold a trillion dollars in U.S. securities debt. And the first place to start is to cancel that debt. Can you do that? I mean, not practice. I know you can. I mean, technically, but can Has there- it hasn't been done before. It would have consequences. I'm suggesting the second step would be to get all the other countries to renege on their own Chinese debt and get them out from under this burden of the Belt and Road Initiative. And then if you want to take it to the next step, we seize Chinese property. We pose the highest possible tariff the world has ever seen and collect as much of this pandemic damage as we can. What I'm saying is that we decouple from the Chinese menace. This is a menace that started in 1972 when Henry Kissinger, under Nixon's authority, went to Beijing and made a deal. The deal was supposed to end with the Chinese changing to a market economy and a democratic polity. It failed. Um, Ted, would you can you envision a, a, a Republican House and Senate um, undertaking the kind of investigation you're describing? In other words, it, it would, do, do you see the will to do it? I mean, you mentioned some of the players on, on both parties that are sort of either in thrall of the world economy or in the tank for the world's powers. Can you envision that happening? I mean, you know, we just can't have Jim Jordan yelling at the cameras, right? You've got to have somebody willing right. to do it. Could, could Speaker McCarthy or Speaker Scalise actually form a select committee and, and get to the bottom of it? I mean, is, indeed, or- indeed, there's no reason why they couldn't. And I think that both of them are capable of doing that. And our friends like Andy Biggs want to be on such a committee. So we could get at this truth. We could unearth this and we could, frankly, make them pay, which is... Uh, collecting these pandemic damages, which uh, uh, has a long-term consequence, frankly, uh, in in terms of international economics and uh, political democracy. Um, We're talking with Ted Malik again, and uh, author and and, uh, professor and a businessman and over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Ted, the economy is... uh, tanking in America faster than almost anybody could have predicted. Uh, Maybe people did predict it, but it's going fast. Inflation is the greatest tax on uh, working people ever to pay for the transfer of wealth during the COVID time and others. Um, How does this, how is this going to turn? I did predict it nine to 12 months ago. So I'll remind (laughs) listeners of that. Right. Uh, How is this going to end? It's going to be, as I've said, uh, a long, slow, stagflation, very painful, very painful to the middle class, very costly. The inflation rate is higher than is even suggested. Um, I don't see it even with uh, increases in the federal uh, uh, reserve rate, increases in interest. That is, uh, I don't see that changing over the next two years. It's going to be a very, very painful time until we get rid of this president. When the uh, Republicans get the House and Senate, if that happens, is there anything they can do on inflation or are we just sort of baked in now where we are? We've put ourselves in this spot. I'm, I'm afraid that the lag effects uh, are baked in. It's not, it's not a switch that you turn off and on. There are some things they can do on the margin. Uh, there are probably some policies they can begin to change. Certainly in the deregulation front, they could uh, affect some things. I would love to see them do some things on energy independence. Right. But the president still holds a veto pen. So that's going to be very difficult to do unless, I mean, this is an outside possibility, we get 60 Republican senators. Right. 
Hmm. Um, okay, Ted, last question. Ted Malik, everybody. Um, Ted, uh, Donald Trump, he's been not quiet, but he's been he hasn't had a rally in a few weeks. He's um, <laughs> his these races are, are, are that he's endorsed in are going a lot of them his way, a few of them not. What's your sense of uh, Donald Trump right now? Is he is he is he running? Do you think is he waiting? Is he really waiting or is he running? And it's just a matter of gamesmanship. Yeah, I think it's the latter. He's he's definitely running uh, and he's waiting for, you know, I think the midterms to announce or probably after that to announce that he's running. Um, I mean, there are some people, and in fact, I always tease you with my next articles. Uh, (laughs) There are some people that think there's an interesting uh, face-off between the states of Florida and California upcoming, which would mean their two governors face each other in the 2024 election. I mean, that scenario is not outside the pale. Uh 2024 is still some years off. I'm more interested, Ed, though, however, in what I call, and what the Republican National Committee calls the young guns, uh-huh. this really talented bench of young people, men, women, blacks, Hispanics, you know, just a great group of people who are running for Congress right. as Republicans in the 22 midterm. And these people, a lot of them are going to get elected. Yeah. And they're the, what I like most about that, and, you know, in the Senate and the House is it looks like a lot of them are going to do it and they they're not doing it. Um, they're not coming in beholden to almost anybody, or at least not beholden to the to the general, the the, the more conventional forces uh, that have a uh, hold. I mean, you know, they, so there's going to be a lot of people who are willing to rock the boat, and uh, you know, so yeah. it will be exciting. All right, Ted Malik, thank you very much. As always, I'll put his piece up, and he previewed next week's piece, so we'll uh, it'll be available soon enough. We'll have him back. Uh, thank you, Ted. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Amid chaos on many fronts, globalists march forward into the night. Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, convened in Davos, Switzerland in May, welcomed fellow globalists by saying, quote, the future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room, end quote. While the globalist Schwab makes his braggadocious claims, in the United States, we face soaring gas prices and the highest inflation in 40 years. The people of other nations are suffering as well. The global elite would have found more reality than their self-aggrandized meeting if they drove to nearby France for the 75th annual Cannes Film Festival where Tom Cruise drew a five-minute standing ovation for his Reagan-era movie, Top Gun, Maverick. COVID restrictions were rescinded for this film festival, and the French Open in tennis is not banning the top men's player for being unvaccinated, as the Australian authorities did just a few months ago. Australian voters rejected the Fauci-like policies of lockdowns and vaccinations by defeating their ruling party in such a manner that its COVID dictatorial prime minister, Scott Morrison, quickly resigned. Democrat incumbents should brace for the same defeat here, with the average price of regular grade gasoline spiking sometimes 50 cents overnight. Anti-American priorities and policies epitomize the ridiculousness of globalism as a governing framework. Prioritizing the conflicts of other nations over our own needs is only administering a band-aid to someone having a heart attack. Globalism has been around since President Woodrow Wilson's failed League of Nations. 
But President Donald Trump's America First mantra is finally giving a battle cry to those of us that reject the idea of propping up international oligarchs at the expense of our own citizens. The World Economic Forum may say that the future will be built by them, but I beg to differ. The future will be built by parents and pastors, teachers, elected officials, and activists all across America who refuse to let globalists control their destinies. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We've just got a little bit less than a minute to wrap things up. Hey, let me remind you of something. Um, Excuse me. I had some folks ask me about the videos. We had Congressman Thomas Massey, as well as Congressman Matt Gates and a few others, uh, Congressman Burgess Owens, and then all the collegian stuff. So phyllisschlafly.com slash collegians, phyllisschlafly.com slash collegians, where you can go and watch all those videos or do a search for Phyllis Schlafly Eagles on YouTube and you'll see the YouTube channel there. You can get all those videos. They're about 20 minutes a pop. They're really good and really helpful. Uh, please feel free to go and track them down. Uh, thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our uh, producer, uh, Joanna Spilger, for helping associate produce things and our program getting all these great guests. And thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>